we all bear within ourselves the strange sadness of the long defeat. The defeat which began with man's fall from God's grace at the beginning of the human story. We feel it most acutely when we are enraged or afraid or ashamed or lonesome or filled with lust, hate, or greed. And we struggle to understand why we feel as we do. Perhaps in our dreams, we catch sight from time to time of an elusive memory that once we were kings and queens. But then we wake and know that we are in exile, unable to command even our own feelings let alone govern the world around us by the power of our words. We also recall vaguely that once we were all endowed with priestly dignity to sanctify the world by offering our lives as a sacrifice of praise in divine worship of the one who created the universe and sustains it at every moment. But in the instant we reach out to grasp that thought, it flees away. And then we remember that we are enslaved to our sins and do not know how to pray and cannot see the face of God and groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the redemption of our bodies and our adoption as God's children. So we know that something is wrong with us. We just don't know what it is or how to fix it. And as we struggle with the strange sadness of the long defeat, Holy Scripture has four words for us on this first Sunday of Advent. First, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Second, shepherd of Israel, come and save us. Third, grace to you and peace. Fourth, be watchful. First, from Israel's all too intimate knowledge of the destructive power of sin, the prophet Isaiah cried out to the living God, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And in the fullness of time, this petition was fulfilled. When God the Father sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Second, in the desperate need of the children of Israel for redemption from suffering and death, King David cried out to the living God, O shepherd of Israel, come and save us. And in the fullness of time, this petition of the psalm was fulfilled when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the Father's only Son. Third, to the church in Corinth, divided by factions and struggling to live as faithful Christians among hostile pagans, St. Paul sent greetings from the living God, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.
God the Son, born of Mary, is the sacrament of our reconciliation with God the Father, from whom we turn away in our sins. And Christ Jesus alone is our lasting peace and the source of all saving grace, because he is the King and Priest who restores creation to its proper order and then restores our place in that new creation. As this new year of grace begins, we prepare once again to celebrate the birth of the Messiah on December 25th. But if our observance of Christmas is to be more than childish sentimentality, then we must understand that the God of glory did rend the heavens and did come down to save us from everlasting death. He accomplished our atonement by becoming man, by suffering and dying for us and at our hands, and by rising from the dead, so that by faith, hope, and love, we can live now the life of the new creation in grace and peace, and thus bear witness to the saving truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The eternal word himself instructs his disciples in every age how to live by grace through faith, and how to bear witness to him. The prophet Isaiah and King David both knew the word of God, but they knew him before the word became flesh, while we now know him through the scriptures, the sacraments, and the service of others in the time between his resurrection and the last day. Then he will return in glory as the judge of the living and the dead and be revealed to every man, woman, and child who ever lived as the Lord God Almighty, El Shaddai, the Pantocrator, the King of all creation. But while most of the human race knows who Jesus of Nazareth is, far too few actually know him, meaning too many do not know him personally, as a friend, as the Lord, as the Savior of the human race, as the way, the truth, and the life. And if Christ's return in glory on the last day is not to be filled with dismay and regret, then those who now know only about Christ Jesus must come to know him, to love him, and to serve him as faithful disciples and true friends who repent of their sins, believe in the gospel, and follow him in the way of the cross. Friends, the strange sadness of the long defeat creates a restlessness in our hearts that can be satisfied only by the one who designed and made us for communion with himself. And nothing can fill the void left in our souls by the lack of a relationship with the living God in Christ Jesus. Not money, power, pleasure, or fame. Not sex, drugs, exotic travel, or piled up possessions. Nothing created can take the place of the Creator, and none of our rationalizations or evasions can ever replace our need to know and to love the eternal and omnipotent Word of God. By our baptism, we are called to live in Christ as a new creation now, and to lead everyone we meet to saving faith in the risen Lord Jesus. This we do by living as his missionary disciples and announcing by our words and our lives 
that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For to Christ the Lord belongs all time and all the ages. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the one alone through whom, for whom, and by whom all things were made. In these brief weeks of anticipation, the Church ponders the mysteries of Christ's three advents. His past coming as the Son of Mary, his present coming in word and sacrament, and his future coming as the judge of the living and the dead. On the far side of the end of days, the Lamb once slain who lives forever will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things will have passed away. And then... All the saints in light will hear the Savior proclaim, Behold, I make all things new. Only then will our long defeat be finally and fully defeated, and only then will our strange sadness end and be replaced with perfect joy and unbounded glory. But that is glory yet to come. And as we wait with eager expectation for the Savior to return, the eternal word teaches us to live every day as though it were our last day. And so we come to the fourth word for this first Sunday of Advent. Be watchful. Be alert. You do not know when the time will come. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.